Namaste, I'm Paul Stringfellow and welcome to Tech Interviews. On this week's show, it's all about software as we take a look at the world of software-defined storage. So settle back and enjoy the show. Hi and welcome to this week's Tech Interviews. Uh, so on this week's show, uh, we're going to take a look at a topic that um, has really captured my imagination and interest over the, the last six months or so. Uh, and that's the world of software defined. Uh, and in this case, particularly the world of software defined storage. Um, so to uh, to help me to do that, I've got a special guest this week and that is uh, Andy Scholl. Hi, Andy. Hello. How are you? Doing well? Doing well, thank you. Great. Well, um, well, thanks, thanks for joining us on Tech Interviews this week. So, um, well, look, before we get started on our topic, why don't you uh, introduce yourself, tell us a little bit about who you are and uh, what it is you do. I'd be happy to. So, yeah, Andy Scholl, and uh, I am a product marketing manager based uh, here in Sunnyvale, California, um, for NetApp, and I'm very much focused on the software-defined offering uh, on Tap Select, as well as some of the other aspects of our data management portfolio. So that's um, okay. So well, that leads us in. Uh, you know, we've, we've talked about ONTAP Select, and we'll, we'll we'll kind of get to um, what what NetApp are doing in this space uh, a, a little bit later. Um, but but maybe as a starting point for people who maybe are not familiar with the idea of software defined storage, do you want to give us a bit of an idea of of what it is when we talk about software defined storage? What it is we mean? How's that different from buying a kind of a, an engineered array from from a company like NetApp? Absolutely. So one of the things about software defined uh, by definition is that it really um, uncouples the software, the data management platform from the underlying hardware. Um, and that obviously opens up tremendous opportunities in terms of how it's deployed, managed, um, the mobility. Um, it really is a, a platform that can run in a, in a broad range of, of environments. Um, and we're seeing customers really taking interest in this because it creates, as I said, a, a kind of a broad range of, of use case scenarios. Um, and it, but it, at the same time, it complements the more of the traditional uh, data center uh, data management uh, uh, setup. So really with software defined, what you have is you're running uh, your data management platform in a virtualized environment. So that could be running on uh, a commodity server. It could be a white box server. It could be on specialized hardware. Um, it could run on, uh, it can run on HCI and, and dedicated hardware, but the whole point being that it really opens up things to um, just a whole new world of uh, flexibility in terms of the deployment. So you're talking there about uh, the idea of kind of decoupling the, the software from kind of from a, a specific custom hardware. Um, so, so what are some of the reasons that people want to do that? You know, it's, it's, uh, you know, because I, I could see lots of benefits of having, uh, you know, my my stop my data management platform, my software, you know, my, my data operating system running on something specifically designed for the job. So, so why are people interested in this idea of separating up that data management operating system away from hardware? I mean, you've touched on flexibility in there. So, you know, so it's, is that the main reason or are there other reasons as well? Well, I would say there um, in terms of um, from a purely um, practical perspective, there are people that have, you know, expanding sites remote office, branch office, where they have just a, a, a large number of sites that they need to service. Um, and in some instances, those sites already have existing hardware that they can then 
leverage to to bring in um, as long as they're capable of running a virtualized um, platform, so some form of, of hypervisor, they can lay down the software and then bring that into the fold as far as um, as far as running a, a data management instance in that location. In other cases, it's part of a, a sort of a grander plan to extend uh, data management out to the edge. And uh, we talk frequently about the edge to the core to the cloud. And the beauty of, uh, of, the, of the software-defined environment is that it's still using the same tools and you can connect those, whether it's out in the edge in a branch office or even out in the field in some instances, and we'll probably get into that a little bit later. Um, but you're using the same tools um, in, in both instances. So it really kind of creates a data fabric um, that helps you to uh, consolidate and, and, and make you much more efficient in terms of getting data from the locality back to where it's being processed. And, and do you see that? Because um, one of the things you talked about in there, and I, and I think that's, it, it, it's a really interesting case because I think one of the challenges that we'll often see as people look to deploy um, their, their data management platform, their storage platforms in lots and lots of locations, some locations aren't really very well built for you know a big enterprise array. So they end up with this get of, oh, well, I'll buy maybe some cheap NAS to put over there, or I'll do uh, you know some Windows servers over there. And you end up with this very uh, disparate and broken up kind of data I use the word data fabric actually in there. This kind of very, you know, broken up kind of idea of a data fabric where it's not easy to necessarily manage or move data between those different platforms. So, so do you see that this kind of flexibility of deployment maybe gives us a gives us a consistency for our data management platform? So, so it takes away some of those concerns and and removes maybe the the need to have kind of different operating systems dependent on different locations. Yeah, absolutely, and we see. You know, regardless of, of what it's running on, I mean, it obviously has to have a standard in terms of uh, minimum capabilities, but it's it's the, the data management platform on top, which is really sort of the layer of consistency, as you put it, put it to uh, either snap mirror, snapshot data back to uh, sort of the mothership, so to speak. Um, it's doing its work in whatever locality it might be, but it's using the same tools, same processes uh, that you'll find across uh, the data fabric, whether that be, you know, in a branch office, in a far-flung or not so far-flung location, whether it be at an industrial site, whether it be, you know, in some cases, um, you know, only a few feet away from, from in a data center environment, you may have remote instances that are um, dealing with specific aspects, but snapshotting back to the main uh, to the main platform so it's really about the flexibility but also the consistency as you put it um, that you're running it all on the same on the same platform it happens to be a platform in our case um, that we've you know been using on tap for more than a couple of decades so it's really a, a proven uh, platform and so well I mean, if we take NetApp specifically uh, so it's kind of uh, you mentioned before that the the software defined uh, version of, of the operating system is called ONTAP Select so uh, you know is it is it if, if I'm listening to this as a kind of somebody considering how I might manage my storage in some of these locations that aren't my data center 
Yeah, one of my worries might be that I don't necessarily then get the same level of capability. You know, I don't get all those kind of data services that companies like NetApp are well known for. So, so you know, when we when we're talking about this, I mean, we were talking about kind of complete feature parity as well. You know, so it's not just about that it's the same yeah. operating system, but I can do pretty much the same things on any kind of appropriate hardware environment than I can do on a if I go out and buy a, a you know a big NetApp engineered system. A large engineered system yeah it definitely it is it, the the capabilities are at parity uh, we call it currency in-house um, but it's really about um, you know all the good things around efficiency being able to compact and compress data um, you know deduplication all those things that help you particularly given and in many of these instances these systems are out in sort of uh, remote locations and you know remote doesn't mean necessarily out in the desert or somewhere in a challenging environment but you know far away from where the data ends up um, being in, uh, consolidated so we're able to provide efficiency work at the edge so it becomes what we call a smart edge where you can do some of that uh, compression and, and compaction before the data is then sent back to be integrated into the larger um, enterprise-wide, or in some cases, you know, um, into the cloud. So it really is about the same functionality in a different package, if you will. Yeah, and funnily enough, you mentioned kind of cloud at the end of that there as well. You know, so so you know, in terms of software defined in general, uh, and maybe in terms of what NetApp are doing, you know, it, does this mean that we can stretch that same software defined capability into public clouds, into an AWS, into an Azure? You know, can, can we do that as well and, and maintain that kind of same capability and and integration? Yes, the, the, the consistency goes not only from, from an edge deployment or a remote office to a, to a data center environment, but also to either cloud or private cloud. So um, we do offer you know, our volumes in the cloud, so running in AWS, um, Azure, uh, Google Cloud. So, so you're really finding a... a um, you know the same experience same tools in in these different locations and and a lot of times it makes sense and one example we have uh is something we do called fabric pools where um we look at um through systems uh what data is being used frequently we'd call that hot data um and the fabric pools will look at it um and you can automate the offload of data that's really cold, that's not being uh, looked at or used very often into less expensive, um, either, um, you know, spinning disk environments or into the cloud. So it, it, that's just sort of an example of how we bring together the, the what we call the core to the edge of the cloud. And uh, they all run in concert um, and it's all based on the same underlying um, data management platform. So, I mean, there's a couple of things that, you know, a couple of areas that, that really intrigue me in this kind of software-defined space, and not just maybe with storage, but things like software-defined networking, et cetera, is this idea that, um, and you touched on this right at the beginning, actually, this this kind of agility and flexibility of implementation. So the idea that, so, so you know, we, we see lots of instances where people, you talked about HCI actually earlier on as well, lots, lots of instances where people are maybe using HCI as a way of deploying consistent infrastructure into multiple locations and but however what a lot of these hci solutions don't have are some of the data services that we might know netapp for so you know what i find quite interesting is the idea that actually i could deploy that and then 
add some additional automation on there that would allow me to drop my software defined enterprise class storage system straight into that environment um you know i mean is that is that kind of the, the aim for stuff like this it's the ability to uh, not only have a kind of a consistent operating system across all kinds of locations but actually starting to feed into this kind of more um yeah, I, I hate to use the word devops but i suppose i'm going to but that kind of more ops end yeah. i guess of devops you know that idea that actually we want to be able to remove lots of the kind of human interaction in this we want to be able to build things where we deploy consistently and we can just push it across any kind of environment we like because because actually we've built it and tested it and done it a million times before. Absolutely. And we're working on, you know, working very closely on uh, technologies such as Ansible and containerization and Kubernetes um, to really make data as fluid or as, um, you know, being able to move it across environments. Because obviously, as you know, um, when you're in a dev environment, it goes, you know, from dev to test and back again, and then eventually into production. So the whole notion of data mobility is, is really key. Um, and, you know, we do have, we have some great examples of, of, uh, customers using it in, in dev test environments. Uh, there's a really large bank we're working with in Australia, one of the largest there. Um, and they're, you know, they're using, um, basically stretching um, two clusters across two locations and then are able to use select combined with this automation uh, to move instances of, uh, of the data sets uh, across, across these locations. So absolutely, the whole point of, um, you know, thinking about for first and foremost, what the purpose of the, uh, of the use case is, and then making sure that we can do all the things that are needed to, uh, to, 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 so that, that happens uh, smoothly. And it's, it's that flexibility of kind of software defined that really intrigues me. I think, you know, and I think that's a really interesting example that, you know, we're talking there about not only having availability and resilience, but also huge flexibility that we can take these systems. If you imagine them being as a, you know, as a hardware array that you've gone out and bought with some dish shelves on the back of it, that becomes quite a difficult thing to be agile with, you know, because one, they cost money, two, they take time to rack and yeah. stack and deploy. Whereas actually with this, as long as we've got some appropriate infrastructure in place, some appropriate resources in place, the idea that we can quickly deliver this stuff is, you know, you, you can see as, as the world moves much more to this requirement for flexible deployment, you can see where this yeah. kind of stuff really starts to, to gather gather pace and gather interest for people. Um, and obviously, I mean, we've talked a couple of times that, you know, you've mentioned in there that you work for NetApp and NetApp have a product called ONTAP Select. So, so let's talk a little bit about that, you know. So, so tell me a little bit about ONTAP Select, you know, what what's what it looks like, the kind of deployment things you can do with it, um, sure. you know, what, what, what it's Absolutely. got in common with the kind of the bigger NetApp picture as well. Yeah. So ONTAP uh, Select is really um, the same ONTAP that we deliver we have been delivering for for many years on our engineered systems um you know we have both uh, all flash systems we have as well hybrid systems uh and then once again in volumes in the cloud which is a more recent development um but the the, the core uh of the of the software platform uh on tap is really the same so it's a is kind of a uh, a newer way of uh, accessing that uh, the benefits of of, of that platform. Um, so there's obviously teams working to ensure that uh, currency across the different versions. Um, but you know, in some instances, the the scalability of the large scale 
untapped deployments is um, is is quite astonishing how much uh, of the world's data is being managed in those systems. Um, you know, very secure, very flexible and efficient. Um, so it's really kind of just another instance of of how um, how people can then go ahead and deploy it. But uh, yeah, we've been around a while, um, but we continue to push the envelope in terms of uh, expanding into the cloud. You mentioned HCI. Um, we also do HCI, and and Select is a big part of that as well. Um, and then we're really seeing a lot uh, around what what I refer to as the extreme edge. So people doing things like um, in tactical environments, and whether that be public safety or military, where you know you're you're in a very inhospitable environment, um, but you still need to have that security of the data. Um, so that's where we we come into play with um, specialized hardware. So you might be running um, select on a, a very small device that's able to you know be carried on a on a backpack or on a ship or in some sort of an aircraft. Um, and what's once again, it's back to capturing the data, working the data, and pushing it back up to the uh, to the main uh, data center to to be to be further processed. Um, another example would be um, we're also working with you know industries such as oil and gas, where people are out uh, on the platform, whether that be in the North Sea or somewhere in the in in the Persian Gulf or off of uh, Texas. But these are all examples of how the software is resilient and it's also running on very. Um, very uh, specialized and, and recognized platforms as well. Um, but all in all, it ends up being on the same type, uh, exact same data set that you're running in your in your core data center. Yeah, and I think that's, you know, I've said this a couple of times already, but, you know, the real appeal for me for for the ability to do this, you know, and, and I, I talk with a lot of people about this idea of building, you know, if you're going to build a data strategy, a huge part of that is consistency of data services so that, yeah. uh, you know, not, not only can I easily and freely move data between these locations, that also I can use the same management tools. So if I'm using a management tool for data security or data governance, what I don't want is that that data governance piece to break because I've moved my data from my data center to a remote office or to a, you know, a, a, an oil and gas rig, or, you know, I, I want want to be able to keep that. And what I don't want to be able to have to do is have multiple tools managing different kind of storage resources. So, so you know, you, you, uh, so I think the ability to, like, you know, you used phrase before, decouple what uh, that kind of storage operating system on tap in, in NetApp's case, decouple that storage operating system so that I can deploy it in all kinds of environments, I think it's really interesting and um and i think actually that that idea that um that my deployment of data services is no longer restricted by my hardware i think is really powerful powerful capability now i'm saying all this and i think you know i can see lots and lots of use cases for this kind of stuff so so i mean you know what, what's your view i mean what's the, what's the general take up in enterprises at the moment you know are, are people are people starting to embrace software defined storage or is there still a little bit of reticence to it and if there is why well, I would say that it's really um, it's it's catching its stride because we have you know we go out to the um, you know a lot of the industry shows and speak to just you know hundreds of customers and the excitement there is 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 really astonishing. Um, well, maybe it's not astonishing; it's because it's it's right thing at the right time. But as as 
data really impacts all of our lives and, and especially in terms of a business, what you can do with it. Um, just that, you know, it is, it's works without being, it's, it's flexible, but it's not, you're not taking huge risk because you know, it's built on some very rock solid enterprise grade um, technology. So people are able to start to innovate um, based on that without feeling, you know, they can do creative things, but there's still a base of, of, uh, you know, respectability there that they're working with. Um, and so when I go to these shows, we just have some incredible um, conversations around the types of use cases. Um, anything from, as I said, industrial to education, to government, to um, starting up a service provider and using select as a you know as a as a storage uh, as an offering um storage as a service so it just it, it just that flexibility is i think people see how much um how many new things they can envisage um and it kind of takes the technology um piece i wouldn't say out of the mix but it's you know it, they know it's there and then it's more about developing a business model to uh to deliver there um, so yeah, so it's, it's, um, it's really suited to, um, going out and, and doing new things or for existing businesses to kind of extend out into new areas. One area we didn't talk about, which is actually a very big, uh, focus for us and, and we're seeing tremendous take up is around autonomous vehicles. Um, so here in the Silicon Valley, you see, I see on a daily basis, these vehicles, um, spinning around the neighborhood with um, all kinds of uh, devices to capture metrics on, you know, traffic and temperature and braking speed and all the different um, metrics that go into um, creating a safe autonomous vehicle. Well, that data has to go somewhere. And so we're working with companies that not only in automotive, but in other autonomous vehicle um, contexts to you know provide a system that would reside in the back of these vehicles can do all the ingest and then at the end of the day or the end of the shift then transition that into a into a larger uh, environment where they would do the ai they'd run the uh, artificial intelligence against it so anyway those are those are a few examples of how people are using it to sort of envisage and 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 actually create new business models uh, well it's, i mean it's a couple of things in now i'll kind of pick out on as well as as we start to kind of wrap up time wise but um i mean i think a couple of phrases are used that were were um, really intriguing actually i thought you know that idea of right thing at the right time you know which is why you're starting to see a, a kind of an uptake in people starting to look at software defined because i think if we look at kind of how we deploy infrastructure today you know increasingly we are we want to be decoupled from the hardware because we might build an infrastructure you know we've probably all you know most of the people listening to the show probably run virtual infrastructures anyway so in terms of operating mm -hmm. system and application we've long since decoupled that from the hardware but as we move into these worlds where we have remote offices we maybe have places where we need to have compute and storage capabilities in places we've never had them before we want to use public cloud you know we need that kind of flexibility but also that consistency that says it doesn't matter where i architect and and run this workload from that it should look the same wherever i run it and i should be able to use the same tooling same automation ideas the same backup technologies you know to, to kind of protect all those things so so i think it's a huge part of that kind of needing that flexibility and and you know storage can't 
you know, storage can't be outside of that. You know, if we're software defining all of the other elements right. of our infrastructure, you know, we can't have storage sit outside of that going, no, I almost almost have to always run on some kind of big custom built engineered appliance. Um, but saying that, yeah, and, and yeah. something you kind of touched on as well there was, um, and I think it's a really important point for this. You know, we're not we're not recording this show and talking about software defined storage because we think there's the death of any kind of storage hardware appliance. Um, it's actually the opposite of that, isn't it? I think you, you kind of touched on it's the it's the importance of that flexibility, the idea that I can install my data it's services extension. wherever yeah. I want them. You know, and, and I mean, is that the case? Do you, do you think that you know hardware platforms where they're where they're required and where they're appropriate will continue to be the place? And this is very much about integrating in places where that is just not it, that that just wouldn't be possible. Yeah, absolutely. This is this is by all means a, an extension, an improvement in that sense of you know completing what's being done. People will still need um, kind of that core, um, especially when we talk about things like artificial intelligence, uh, customer data, you know, all those things that need to be managed in a, in a more holistic fashion. Um, so I just see, I see this as a complement to that, as an on-ramp, if you will. Um, I gave the example of, of kind of ingesting data. So IoT, we didn't really talk about that, but maybe that's for another a podcast but um yeah so it's really it's it's a, it's a complement versus a, a a replacement yeah i mean one of those i mean one of the other areas that i think is um is a really interesting place for kind of the software defined environment for software defined storage particularly and again you touched on it in that you know it, it's it's a thing that maybe we look at public cloud for right now which is that kind of flexibility when i have a specific workload i need to run for a short time or i'm doing some dev work you know right now we look at public cloud as a way we can scale up and down infrastructure as and when we need it and pay for it only when we want it. But I suppose if we took that on-prem and said, you know, I have a short-term requirement for multiple storage nodes, this kind of performance, this amount of disk capacity, uh, but I only need it for, you know, two or three months. Um, you know, this sounds like a yeah. really great fit for that because actually if I went to my my board and said, well, what I need to do is buy four engineered systems and they're going to cost me £500,000, uh, and then after three months, right. I'm going to throw them away. You know, is that is that again a use case you see in people starting to to grasp that oh. and saying that that's actually a good fit? Ab absolutely. And I would say, yeah, we we're doing something um, specifically uh, around licenses called capacity pools, where you can buy a certain amount of capacity, and then you could just do it based on moving from one um, project to another. So projects have you know, they have a lifespan. Um, and if you need to um, invest heavily in one particular project and then retire that, you can move those same resources that you've already paid for. So you're not, there's no purchase, in, new purchase involved, but then you can move that over to a kind of an up and coming project. So that flexibility is absolutely the case that, um, um, that I would say is is spot on as far as um, how how flexible it is. And whoever thought that as we came to the end of a podcast that licensing would be such a high to end on, because um, I think that is a but, but that, that is a really great example of that actually that I can buy a pool of storage capacity and then just deploy it as and when I need it wherever I want it, uh, you know. And, and and as we all are trying to build kind of infrastructure that that meets demands more readily, you know, so that we can respond much more quickly to you know a desire for a business outcome. That that kind of even that kind of simple idea 
makes an awful lot of sense. Right. So, um, well, look, Andy. So not just the technological, not just the technological flexibility, but the business model flexibility goes hand in hand. Yeah, absolutely. And I think you know that's a that's a really important part of the, you know this entire software defined conversation. You know, it's not about being restricted by hardware or location. It's I need to be able to stand up the appropriate resources, the appropriate capabilities in the locations I need them at the time I want them. You know, and if you're an internal IT guy, that's what public cloud can do. You know, we talk a lot, don't we, about how the internal IT guys can't be the department of no. You know, we can't keep telling people we can't do things because otherwise they're just going to start taking services elsewhere. So so I think that flexibility is hugely important and and for me is a is a yeah. huge driver behind this. So so look Andy as, as we kind of wrap up now and if people have listened to this want to know a little bit more about software defined storage and particularly what NetApp are doing in this space, um, is there a good way they can find out about that and if they want to kind of contact you or your team, is there a way they can uh, haunt you online? Absolutely. So two places. One would be um, the the basically the NetApp website, which is www.netapp.com slash select. And what you'll see there is actually at the very top of the page, you'll see an opportunity to go and actually uh, try and evaluate the software. So there's a kick the tires option, if you will, um, which I think is a great way to get started. But in addition to that, you'll find some case studies, um, customers we've worked with, some in Europe, some in Asia, some in the U.S. Um, and elsewhere. Um, so just to get a better picture of how it's being used. And then um, for my own uh, contact information, it would just be directly, you know, my email, Andy, Andy Y dot Scholl, S-C-H-O-L-L at netapp.com. And of course, they can hound you as well, Paul. And the message will get to us and the the product and the team as well. So, I I don't need any more people hounding me and following me. I've I, there's a there's enough restraining orders against me as it is. Um, so, <laughs> <laughs> um but hey, Andy, look, I, I I think it's been really really fascinating, and I, I think this is a an area of the technology industry that I think we're going to see continue sorry, to see grow really really rapidly and become increasingly more of a standard way that we might think of deploying storage so Andy look really thanks for your time appreciate it very much and uh, look forward to having you got uh, on the show again in the near future great look forward to it thanks Paul I hope you enjoyed that for show notes pop over to techstringy.com we'll also find all of our previous tech interviews episodes and if you enjoy the show why not leave us a review and of course you can always subscribe you can find us on Apple Podcasts SoundCloud and Stitcher as well as all other good homes of podcasts So until next time, thanks for listening.